of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why did I begin with the Lord's Prayer? Because this parable has so much to do with the Lord's Prayer. It could be called the parable of the Lord's Prayer. But before I talk about that briefly, I want to talk about judging. I keep talking about this because we keep using superficial metrics for our people's internal state. We keep imagining that externals are the sign of a person's faithfulness or lack of faith. We keep stumbling and struggling with this, and we must be vigilant to keep our eyes on this. We're so quick to judge others and so strict with them, and yet so lenient with ourselves. Easy to forgive ourselves, but so difficult to forgive others. Often our judgment gets ratcheted up until we become offended or hurt by whatever someone else is doing in front of us. We say, how could that person do that or say that or wear that? So we get offended. We have this rising up of anger inside of us. And we see their actions as trespassing against us. This brings us to the Lord's Prayer and to the parable today. Those are who we must forgive. In the parable, the same words are used as in the Lord's Prayer. We have debtors. If you remember the King James Version of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And it's probably better that it was changed to trespasses, but still not totally clear on what it means. Who are these people? Well, the parable is beginning to tell us about that. It talks about debts. It talks about forgiveness. It has the exact same words as in the Lord's Prayer. The same Greek words for debt, for forgiveness. Ophiletis and afika, office. It even has evil. The Lord says, you wicked servant. Ponire. And that's that same word as at the very end of the Lord's Prayer, but deliver us from evil. Apotuponiru. So this parable is very much a parable of the Lord's Prayer. And our Lord begins the parable by saying the kingdom of heaven can be likened to this. So we understand that in many ways, this master is like our Lord. Just take a moment and look at the magnitude of what is going on here. We have 10,000 talents which is millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in today's money. And this servant says what? He says, have patience with me. I'll pay you everything. Could he pay everything? Not even close. So he's deluded in even thinking that he could pay back the debt. But he says that anyway. And then he goes to this other servant after he's been forgiven and for a hundred denarii like a couple hundred bucks, not a lot of money. He grabs him by the throat and says, pay me what you owe. Can we not see this 
as a vision of our daily life. Our Lord gives to us so much, and in the smallest thing, we're offended and hurt by what someone else does. We judge them. We say, that person is hurting me. That person is causing me harm. It's so easy to do this, but the magnitude is still true. How great our Lord has given to us and how little we allow others to do in front of us and to us. So what is the debt in our lives? The trespasses. This is where that word trespasses works really well. Because when we hear the word trespasses, we think of property lines, boundaries. We have our property. This property is me. This is my father Matthew property. And if you come inside of this property, then I am offended. You have trespassed against me. It could be anything. You could make some side comment, and I go, oh, that's so rude that that person said that. Oh, I can't believe that they did that. These are all little trespasses onto my property. Well, what is my property ultimately? It's my ego. It's my identity, what I say, this is mine. This is mine, and people can't come inside of that. So we have lots of trespassing going on in the world all the time, all the time. But at the heart of it, it's because we insist on having property. A saint, for a saint, there is no trespassing against a saint. Because the saint has given up all their property. Even to the point of death, the saint cannot be hurt or offended. This is our aim. This is our goal. And we can see how far that goal is. This is not an easy goal by any means. But this is where we're traveling towards. So that our personal property, our boundary lines, get smaller and smaller and smaller. So that we're no longer offended, no longer hurt. Now, I have to give a disclaimer because there's much talk in our modern world about boundaries. Right? And we know with trespasses, of course, there's a boundary. So how do we understand boundaries? I'm sure many of you have heard this term, I have to have boundaries with this person. What that means is I have to recognize my weakness. I have to recognize in humility that I do need to have that line there. It's not a bad thing that I have that line there, but in our modern way of understanding these ideas of boundaries, these are very fixed things. That is the boundary, and that's totally justified, and that's what needs to be there, and you better not cross it. Rather, the way that we should understand that is, I'm not a saint yet. And because I'm not a saint, this action or this person's behavior in my life is too difficult for me. And so when I recognize that it's too difficult for me, then I have to have that boundary. But that boundary is a recognition of my own weakness and that I have work to do. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It's not that I'm a bad person because I'm not a saint. I'm just not there yet. And so out of my weakness, I need to have this boundary. And by God's grace, this boundary can be moved back a little bit over time, maybe over years, maybe over decades. As I progress towards God and I'm sanctified, that's the way we understand boundaries within the Orthodox Church. They're not fixed things at all. In a wonderful book, St. John Chrysostom, On the Providence of God, he says, I've quoted this to you before, no man can injure the man who does not injure himself. 
No man can injure the man who does not injure himself. He's saying the same thing that we're talking about here. We cannot be hurt unless we are the ones who are causing the hurt. I know this is very hard to comprehend in our modern world. But you think of it like when someone does something against me, if I have something rise up inside of me, anger, frustration, bitterness, resentment, envy, whatever, anything rise up inside of me, that's mine. Yes, that person sinned, but their sin is their sin. What has come inside of me is not their sin. It's mine. If I am hurt or offended, it's, it's upon me. Now, that doesn't mean that you just turn off the hurt or offended switch and then you're never hurt or offended again. Not at all. It's a very long journey towards sanctification. But in recognizing that if there is hurt or offense inside of me, it is not the other person's problem. This is a crucial thing for us to understand in this day and age. I'll say that again. If I am hurt or offended by someone, it is not the other person's problem. Their problem is whatever sin they may have done, and that's their problem. But if I am hurt or offended, that is mine, and it is only mine. This is what we learn in this, this parable. St. Silouan says, he talks about how we move outside of the will of God when we are offended, when we have trespasses that are, are perceived again by others. He says, how can you find out if you're living within the will of God? Here's a sign. If you are troubled about anything, this means that you have not completely given yourself over to the will of God. A person who lives in the will of God is not concerned over anything. And if he needs anything, he gives both it and himself over to God. And if he does not receive the necessary thing, he remains calm nevertheless, as if he had it. The soul which has been given over to the will of God is afraid of nothing, not of thunder, nor of thieves, nothing. Whatever happens, the soul says, thus it pleases God. If he is sick, he thinks, this means that I need to be sick, or else God would not have given it to me. Thus, peace is preserved in both soul and body. It's a little bit different from the world that we live in. I'll say that last part again. If he's sick, he thinks this must mean I need to be sick, or else God would not have given it to me. You see, we have two paths forward. The first path forward is to not be troubled like what St. Siloan says. We might say, good luck at that. It's not easy. But that's what we have as our first path. And that path towards not being troubled is a path of increasing our patience, our forbearance, our compassion, our love for others, so that their offenses no longer become offenses to us. So that we're not like the wicked servant grabbing another person's throat. Whether it's just inside of ourselves, we go, that person did that or outwardly. So that's the first path. But if we can't follow that path, this is what the Lord's Prayer reveals to us. If people trespass against us, as in if we are offended or hurt by others, we can forgive. So we have two ways forward. The first, not be troubled. But if I'm troubled, I forgive. So what do I recognize? It's on me. 
It's my healing that is necessary, not the other person's healing. This is why God gave us the Lord's Prayer. He wants us in heaven, and he's given us a path towards that. He wants us in heaven, and so he's told us this. He's taught us the Lord's Prayer, the only prayer that he gave to us. At the end of the parable, it can be a little bit troubling. We're saying this is a parable of the kingdom of God, and then it says... The Lord summoned him and said, you wicked servant, you forgave, I forgave all the debt because you besought me and should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord delivered him to the torturers till he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Sounds very harsh. And if we didn't have the fullness of the faith and understanding of who God is, and we just read that, we would say, well, God is a pretty strict one. And he is wanting to jump on punishment to people and to give people punishment if they do bad things. But then we have the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is the key to this because the Lord's Prayer reveals to us who God is, he's forgiving, and what salvation is. Salvation is union, to be alike, to be like God. So we say in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And I've said this before, that's actually, we're saying to God, only forgive me as much as I forgive others. That's what we're saying to God in the Lord's Prayer. Only forgive me as much as I forgive others. Don't forgive me more than that. This is the prayer that our Lord has given to us. Why? Because this is in the nature of who God is. God is forgiving all the time, everywhere, for all things, no matter what, no matter how horrific, God is forgiving. If we want salvation, salvation is what? To be with God. If we want to be with God, we have to be like God. Salvation isn't like a prize, an award that we get. Salvation is union with God. And if we are not like God, we can't be there. It's not a matter of him saying, well, you're not worthy to be here. It's that we don't really want to be with him. That's what the Lord's Prayer reveals to us. If we don't want to forgive, we don't really want salvation. If we don't want to love, we don't really want salvation. Because salvation is union with God, who is love, who is mercy, who is forgiveness. So it's not, when we read the end of this parable, don't imagine that somehow this is an arbitrary thing or that God is eager to give punishment by any means. What he's actually doing there is he is accepting of our desire and granting it to us. Another way we could read this parable would be to say, for the Lord to say, I guess that's what you want. If you want to give that to others and not forgive them, I guess that's what you really want. So go ahead, be there. Because this is what our judgment day will be like if we cannot forgive others. We are in a minefield of judgment in this world. Everywhere we step, the slightest step one way or the other way, and we have the temptation to judge. We have people who are offending us and hurting us all over the place. We're not careful if we're like the people of the world, we might just say, 
that person's offending me, that person's hurting me, that person's rude, that person's insensitive, they don't care about me, they don't love me because they don't do this or that. Use all that language of the world. Forgive me, but love is not coercion. Love is something that comes out from me. So now that the person has offended me, now is my chance to love them. They haven't offended me, well, that's easy to love them. Didn't our Lord say that? Even the sinners do that. But if they offend me or hurt me, now I have the chance to love them. So what a blessing it is that we're in this world that has so much offense, so much opportunity for judgment, because we can become like God. Don't you see God's providence in this? He wants us like him so that we can be with him, because he wants nothing more than for us to be with him. But it's not something that just magically happens. It's something that happens through a change inside of ourselves. So let's make that journey. We have plenty of opportunities. Day by day, and you have that path ahead. Don't be troubled. Be peaceful. Be kind. Be patient. But if you're troubled, then forgive. Amen.